Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of Dean Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is newly apartmentized person, Ben Bumhopper. <laughs> How are you doing, Ben? I like I was homeless or something, <laughs> which, I mean, you know, I could have been living in a tent city recording podcasts or something, but no, it is a new apartment, and... Uh, so if the sound is off and weird, don't worry. It's going to get better. <laughs> well, not in this episode, but you know. You, in the yeah. Future. Yeah. You literally just set this up. Like, yes, I did. In like That's the last crazy. last day or something. Yeah, because so. we had to record yesterday for plus five and now today. So it's like no time to do anything else. So, yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah, just in case he sounds different, that's what it is. But we are not alone. We will be talking far less this evening because we have the absolutely fantastic Celeste Conowich back. Yay. Yay. Uh, so happy to be back. These stuff. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh, this is this is so good. Uh, this is this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And mm. honestly, a topic that in a lot of ways, there's a lot of just stuff that's lacking around yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so Today, we're going to talk about treasure, rewards, um, magic item pricing, which, which <laughs> shocking. Sounds, yes, shocking. Uh, Stop the press. We're yeah. going to give things prices. Whoa. That's right. That's right. Um, but first, Celeste, uh, as a refresher for anyone who has uh, might be new or hasn't listened uh, to the previous episode you're on, why don't you tell us just a quick little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, once again, hey everybody, my name is Celeste Conowich. I am a full-time game designer in the TTRPG space. I work uh, full-time with 2C Gaming, but I also do a lot of freelance work. You might know my stuff from, um, I was one of the authors behind Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frostmaiden for Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I write a lot for Cobalt Press, MCDM Productions, and on top of that, I'm also a podcaster. I run uh, and produce and DM the show Venture Maidens, which is an actual play 5th edition podcast, so... All over the place. I just big nerd like games. That's me, Celeste Conowich. Stoked to be back. You're in a great spot. <laughs> this is a great place to be for all those things. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, you just put it right in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the reasons um, we're talking to you today about treasures and rewards is this actually lines up perfectly with a brand new book that mm -hmm. 2C is kickstarting right now. Um, so before we like dive into the like specific topics, why don't you tell us just a little bit about that? And then that'll be a lot of uh, extension from that of what we talk about tonight. Yeah, for sure. So right now, as of recording this moment, November 9th, live on Kickstarter, you can find a little book called Rewards and Rarities, which is a comprehensive guide to treasure in fifth edition. So right now, currently we are kickstarting this book and inside it, there is, there's so much, so much stuff, uh, tools, systems, ideas, lists of every possible way you can reward your players in your games. So this includes everything from just 
talking about gold, talking about your standard money uh, to non-magical items. So expanded catalogs of new weapons that haven't been seen in 5th edition, new armors uh, that haven't been seen, uh, just new material types, as well as magical blessings. So like blessings, boons, charms. We also have a whole section on hirelings, followers. We have vehicles, vessels, siege weapons. And of course, we have a gigantic chapter at the back uh, that's all brand new magic items. That have um, class-specific recommendations and designs. So, a lot of really great stuff is going on with this book, and I am thrilled to be talking to you about it today because I feel like treasure and magic items is maybe the one spot I feel like in fifth edition that hasn't gotten as much love as I feel like it should. So with this book, I really wanted to dig into some of the the problems and provide some solutions about how to make treasure easy and fun. Most definitely. And, you know, something that I definitely have to jump in on too, is that, you know, even though there's a lot of different, like say magic items and stuff that, you know, wizards has actually created and thrown in there it's still so lacking. Like you're saying, like there's so many different, like fun things that you can do just different effects, um, you know, just so much that you can reward your players with. And the fact that you've created a ton of different things and, you know, kind of really compiled them. I I mean, uh, well, first of all, I think Ryan and I both need to get this out of the way. We both supported this because. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We're already, we're already backed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Totally backers. And we definitely recommend it to everybody else, but um, there's there's so much in here to just you know accentuate everything that you have in your game and just populate your world with some cool stuff that mm-hmm. I mean I'm I'm really excited to kind of dig in and, and talk to you about some of this stuff. Yay! So there's this is this is a really kind of a good spot to to kick things off because I think just from a DM perspective, rewarding your players. And treasure in general is probably, in my opinion, at least one of the hardest things for a DM to do. Yeah. Because (laughs) as a DM, I've got two options. I can go and find these massive charts that Mm -hmm. I can roll on. And every once in a while, you may hit a gem (laughs) and give your players something really cool uh, or something super useful that down the road they they use or whatever. Uh, A lot of times, you're just going to give them duds or yeah. you're going to give them something completely useless or something potentially completely overpowered mm-hmm. uh, for whatever level they're at, just if they roll super high. So you've got that, but then your other option is, okay, I can go to like D and D beyond or something and just start filtering and searching through magic items and go, okay, oh, there's I've a lot. got a druid yeah. and <laughs> a paladin and a cleric. Uh, what would be good for them at this level? What wouldn't be overpowered? What would fit the situation that Mm -hmm. they're in, in this dungeon or dragon lair? And what are they actually going to use? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or this manner, because like I personally lean towards the second one, Mm because I like the stuff my players get to be useful. And so there's times when I'll roll on tables for, you know, more random stuff, but, and I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, there is a massive lack of common lower level magic fun or utility supplementary items mm-hmm. officially. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start the conversation by getting your insight and 
partially to what the the book is going to help with on just rewarding players and how i guess uh to get those rewards to your players uh efficiently easily and customized in a lot of ways for your party yeah i i mean i think you've you've hit a lot of nails on the head about like why this book was really important i think for me to write uh because when you do look at the core rule books that exist there are a couple of sentences a couple of paragraphs that attempt to help you maybe price things but they're like these huge gigantic ranges that don't really make sense and uh, the rarities of items are all over the place and it's really a jumble and like you were saying these treasure tables they they're not good and it's just a mess so right off the bat like the number one goal of rewards and rarities was to provide an easy way for GMs to talk to their players about magic items and for players to talk to their GMs about magic items and then provide systems for like, hey, here's when you should sell items. Maybe this is what you should consider like when you're selling magic items in your world. Or if you don't want to do this, maybe this isn't the time to give somebody a magic item. Maybe it would be better to pull, you know, one of these other supernatural rewards or so chapter one is all, it's making treasure fun. <laughs> it's just what it is. And inside that chapter, it, it, it provides pricing. It provides suggested like scaling for pricing. If you want to sell magic items like in a low magic setting versus a high magic setting, it talks about uh, when you should allow your players to buy magic items like when is too much uh talks about having like special kinds of wandering shopkeepers or magical emporiums like it it basically just gives a little bit more framework to be able to use the tools that exist but haven't really been prepared like for for ease of use yeah i it, i mean just looking at the 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 list and everything Personally, I'm a big fan of the breakdown of different, like, okay, so we have consumables, we have yes, you know, yes. enchanted materials, and then just permanent items. And I mean, just that alone has a huge price makeup and price difference. And like really going in and and identifying, you know, what falls into what category and just, you know, like the, the base utility on it and everything, it, it helps out so much. Like it, it's... <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say it's like this this very simple like idea behind it, but you you've taken it and broken it down into a way that makes it you know very easy to understand. Yeah. And on top of that, just you know this perfect tool to use for any of the different campaigns that you know you're going to be running, whether it's you know an actual module or something that's completely homebrewed. And I I love it. Oh, great. Yeah. I mean, so in in magic items, when we talk about them, folks are pretty familiar with the idea of like a consumable versus like a permanent item. Uh, and so I definitely wanted to add in that third category, that enchanted kind of category to actually to make magic more accessible and more available, because it never really made sense to me that like, this thing, oh my gosh, like this this amazing deck of cards. Wow, oh, oh, yeah, like of course that's hard and rare to find and super duper special. But like if you just have a plus one on your sword, why couldn't you just walk up to a mage college and have an archmage put a plus one on your blade or make it a flaming 
sword or, you know, add a little bit of extra magic on top of it. So I really wanted to introduce that as a way like, yes, yeah, like make permanent items more rare in your games, more special in your games. But let's give some alternatives. So, you know, maybe that that barbarian who's been holding on to that family heirloom for so long, that axe since the beginning of the game, maybe they don't have to just throw that away in favor of some, you know, random magic sword that they have to get to do magical damage. Maybe let's enchant it, give them more options to expand and upgrade their items. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and I really, I really want to go back to pricing. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is such a big sticking point for me because uh, I know we've uh, Ben and I in previous episodes have talked a little bit about economy. But if you really think about it and you look through like the official books, there is very little guidance on on running an economy mm-hmm. and like how much money is actually worth. Yeah. So as a as a DM, especially if you're doing a homebrew world, you almost have to figure things out beforehand and go, okay, how much is money worth? Mm-hmm. Like, is this item going to be several thousand gold? Okay. Is, am I going to be able to get the party several thousand gold or have I been piecemealing it out? And most mm-hmm. of the party has one or 200 gold and they're not going to be able to afford absolutely anything. And so it's, it's a consideration that a lot of DMs, especially when they're starting out or they're starting their own homebrew stuff, because adventures have some guidelines for these types of things. Some guidelines. Some guidelines. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like if you, if you don't have that foundation of this is what something is worth, then it's very hard as a DM to reward properly as the campaign goes. Yeah. And I mean, an example I really like to bring up all the time is, uh, so I, I got to play through uh, Rise of Tiamat for, for a streamed game. And that's a two-part adventure. You play through Horde of the Dragon Queen, and then you go into Rise of Tiamat. And at the end of Horde of the Dragon Queen, if you just like follow it as written, you basically wind up with so much gold at the end of that adventure that it just it's it's a meaningless amount of gold. So when we started Rise of Tiamat, you know, we're like, I don't know, uh, do I really have to calculate what that costs? I just have so much money. We have vaults of money. Like, and it it sort of took the fun out of the whole thing. It's like, oh, okay, you have enough gold that you never have to worry about gold. It's like, well, that doesn't really feel special anymore uh, at that point. And I think especially this happens a lot for higher tiers of play. You just wind up with so much money. Money doesn't really mean anything. An economy hasn't really been addressed or fixed. And uh, Wizards is sort of like, no, you can't buy magic items, but maybe you can. Yeah, we have this one section in Xanathar's, if I guess. Uh, but that pricing is so wildly off base. And it's just... So a lot of the time you end up like just having gold and it doesn't mean anything and there's nothing to spend your money on. So and the DM big, just throws up their hands. And yeah, goes, they're like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. you have uh, so much gold. So like in rewards and rarities, I really, really wanted to provide a lot of things that you could spend your gold on. So, you know, if you're a tier four adventuring party and you want to hire an army so that can, you know, fight the minions so you can go kill the evil wizard, you should be able to do that. You know, if you want to build a submarine from scratch, a a magical alchemical submarine, you should be able to do that at any tier of play. So that was a big goal. So talking about making economy matter at all 
levels of play was a huge goal with this book. Yeah, oh my gosh. gosh. Now, now I'm having great. ideas of uh, Crib's Forgotten Realms edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, over here, this is my magical submarine. I've got That's my basically, own. yeah, the, the vehicles and uh, <laughs> the vehicle section should just be, yeah, the Pimp My Ride. Um, Here's my enchanted armor yeah. closet that I have. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you, you mentioned your, your tiers of, of magic items. You've got your consumables, you've got, um, your enchanted items, which is more like the plus one, like, a uh, armor fire resistance, you know, something very base, base level stuff. And then you the more permanent stuff that might have spells or charges or extra additional effects just, um, from a DM perspective, uh, what would you recommend uh, guidance-wise to new DMs or DMs who are having trouble uh, giving out things or feeling like they're giving out too much or feel like they're not giving enough, what would you? What do you usually try to do balance-wise between like consumables, uh, limited-use type items, and permanent items? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question, and I think I, I would also like to tell those people like, hey, you're not alone with struggling with this. I feel like. Most of my I've been I've been DMing for over 15 years and I think most games swing wildly between like, oh, my God, I've given out so many items and they are not using them. What do I even do? Do I keep doing it? Or the other end is like, oh, my God, I gave out one way too powerful item because I thought it would be cool and everything is broken and terrible and I regret everything. So those are the two experiences that happen to us all. Uh, so hopefully this book will help you uh, mitigate a, a, a middle path. But I really like to encourage GMs to give more consumable items. The majority of rewards should be consumable items. And the thing is, you have to give them out a lot. Otherwise, people are scared to use them. So you have to be regularly handing out potions if you want your players to actually use the potions that they have been given, because otherwise they will rot at the bottom of a bag or the bottom of a character sheet. And then who knows? And feel, you, yeah, <laughs> I feel like video games are to blame for that. Oh, Resident yeah. Evil. The big bag. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, like I, I don't I cannot tell you how many times a video games you get the consumables, but you never use them because you might need them. Later. Right. There and might be that the one the, time. Yeah, you and, hit the yeah. end of the game and then maybe you just, you know, yeah, right you click boss all fight. your potions. Okay. Yeah, the, the very end <laughs> yeah. of the boss fight. But the, you've got so many of them. It's like, oh man, I should have used mm -hmm. some of these things. So do you, do you feel like you almost have to like retrain your party in a lot of ways to, or do you like bluntly say, hey, you probably will get a lot of consumables. Don't be afraid to use Yeah. Them. I mean, and that's, I always advocate for very open communication, especially when it comes to magic items. It's like, yeah, let your party know like, hey, you could totally use that potion. Now I'm going to make sure that you get lots of potions. So like, don't worry about it. You, this is a great place to use them. Or like, you, you got to clear out your, your bag or like, hey, if you don't use them, I'm not going to give them to you. So like, being really open about that. And I think that can also help fix, you know, the the permanent magic item and the enchanted item problem. It's like, what I really like to do is whenever we come to like a shopping episode in Venture Maidens, you know, it's between adventures, we're back in the main keep, they've got a lot of money, like, what do they want to do? I ask them, I'm like, hey, what kind of items are you interested in? Do you have something specific in mind? Or like, 
Would you be interested in like an armor thing or do you want something to do damage? And really asking them what they want. Because, you know, it's all great and fun to like pretend that we're all good at picking out gifts for other humans. But like who actually... Who actually is good at that? The very rare percentage of people in this world. So don't put that panic on yourself. Don't set your expectations so high, GM. Like, ask, ask your players what they want, and then you know that you're going to be giving them impactful and meaningful treasure. Oh, yeah. That's one of the best things that happened in uh, my campaign. They got to a place called Trademore, which the, the whole thing is... Uh, if you can't buy it and trade more, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so because of that, I said, okay, what do you want? So, you know, um, you can look through D&D Beyond, through any of the books, you know, find items. Or if there's something you just, you know, can kind of make up or whatever, let me know. That's how I created a random portable shower. Yeah. Because uh, my paladin really <laughs> likes to be clean. So there you go. <laughs> they're out on the road. Just got a cool thing. It creates a shower. Just got a five percent chance of uh, having an angry a water elemental attacker instead of a shower. Oh boy, but yep. you know, fun stuff like that. It's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, by having that sort of idea too, I was able to kind of price things, figure out what's what sort of shops this place was going to have, and things like that. It it really does help. And um, you know, communication with players er, between players and DMs is something that we we always advocate on the show, and I know you do. And it, it's just the easiest way to to add that much more you know fun to everybody. So mm-hmm. you know, if you're you're sitting here thinking, man, I get hit a whole lot, or I'm I'm I, I just wish I had just a little bit more you know charisma or intelligence or something like that, you can figure something out to kind of you know fill that gap, have it available, and you know really give the player something that they want. I I love that. So, um, so with this book, are you planning on uh, what what kind of guidelines are you working on to help DMs populate treasure slash money for various encounters? Yeah. So one of the one of the most fun, I think, sections of this book is we're going to have a giant appendices section at the back with a ton of treasure tables in them. They're going to be treasure tables that are actually helpful and really do use a a great mix of, you know, SRD items and some of the new items that we are introducing here. And my hope is that by making more specific and interesting tables, we're actually providing better tools. So like, for example, we're going to have uh, treasure tables based on like creature type. So, like, if you are in the lair of a certain type of creature, you can look specifically at those tables. Or uh, we're going to have tables based on environment. So you could have, you know, if you're doing an underwater, like, excursion, of course what you find in that setting is going to be radically different than, you know, the the 2D4 paintings you might find in, <laughs> in a castle. Uh, so really drilling in on looking at what makes adventures unique and building unique treasures uh, and options. So when you do roll on that random table, you are guaranteed to get something flavorful, thematic, and relevant. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's awesome. That's always good. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've you know tried to come up with loot and, and trying to figure out, okay, why would this person have this in their range tower? You roll and you're like, what is, this is so weird. Like, why does this creature have on its body like two fist-sized emeralds and a scroll? It just, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a a conundrum. (laughs) 
yeah that's like who knew that this basilisk swallowed an enchanted sword I, oh I how Amazing. strange <laughs> the basilisk had some slippers you say hmm <laughs> wearing them and was able to climb up the walls yeah. it was amazing how strange well and one of the things uh, i know like because players players love getting loot i mean yes. that's that's just that's just very standard, An uncontested very truth yeah, yeah. Of, of fantasy games. <laughs> totally. And and so as a as a DM, it's it's very easy to overgive mm-hmm. as well. And D and D fifth edition manages that somewhat with attunement, since you can only have three items attuned at a time. Uh, but w- I I think one of the things that I was reading through the the promo for. Uh, the book and one of the things I really saw and I really liked was that you all are going to do a lot more common mm-hmm. magic items and that's a category that is incredibly small yes honestly and even even throughout the the vast amount of uh, official content uh, common magic items are are very very few and far between and those can go from like like a cloak of billowing just like the fun <laughs> turn it on and you know strike the hero pose uh or something utility that could be really useful in certain situations uh so what what all are you guys going to add to that common item table so that maybe as dms we go okay i can give my party so much more stuff because these don't break the game, but they might be useful in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, I think when they first introduced common rarity items in 5th edition, I was like, this is excellent. I love this. This is fantastic. Finally, something like fun we can give to our lower level characters, something that can spark imagination and conversation. And then through, yeah, through the different books, it just hasn't really quite gotten i think the attention uh that it it deserves so we absolutely want to provide a bunch of common items here and not just common items that are like oh it does something funny for like role playing or something uh we we are really digging into like what would a a common level benefit like be from a magic item what would actually benefit a lower like a tier 1 group uh, so and really a lot of consumables too in the common rarity um, space. So we we are really looking into like meaningful rewards for that level one to four range because uh, let's face it, uh, most players are playing in that range and they are new yeah, there. Yeah. And if you are giving treasure that is actually appropriate and doesn't break the game by using that common rarity at that level. They're going to be more encouraged to stick around and earn those higher level rewards as they keep adventuring. Oh, for sure. So, are there any teasers? Do you have any, <laughs> any, any like? Mm-hmm. Any, do you have like a common item or two that you're just like, I would love to share this. If you don't, that's fine. I will. I will say 
Uh, right now, mm-hmm. I am getting some really, really great stuff back. We have an amazing team of freelancers that uh, they are no. basically, yeah. It's I, an all-star I, team. I cannot believe I got so lucky and so many of these fabulous people said yes. Um, but uh, they are, so they are primarily the ones building out the the new magic item section right now. So once I get all of those drafts back, I will get to lord over everything and, you know, I will come in and fill in the cracks. But Right now, like, the stuff I am seeing is just so imaginative and wonderful. And like I mentioned before, um, we are designing all the new magic items with specific character classes in mind. So, like, when you open up to the magic item section of this book, every single item will be marked with either one class icon, two class icons, or, like, a universal icon. Basically, the, the point of these is to design items that work really well for specific character classes so and we're going to be doing that from the common items to the legendary items to make it really easy and really meaningful whenever your character picks up or uses one of these items that's something i definitely very much appreciate you know like you said before you know you go into something's like okay i've got a barbarian i've got a druid i've got a ranger and a cleric let's see yeah, what I, I do need, I give them? You know, maybe something for all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So or, being able to or, just kind of flip through the things. Yeah, or thinking about it from the player side. I mean, I, I, I. It must be hundreds of times at this point where it's like, okay, everybody, like, we're going to play level three. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a ranger. And they're like, oh, you get one uncommon magic item, pick it out. And I go, uh, okay. And then I type into Google, like, good magic items for ranger. Like, how how many times have we all typed that in? And this book, it just, I know, it just, it saves you the trouble because you can flip open and you're like, all right, whoa, here are 10 items marked with the ranger symbol. Let me look at these. Boom, done. Like you don't have to yeah. do the hassle yeah. <laughs> of Googling. So yes. To be real fair, I wish wizards would officially adopt a system like that. Yes. Like me too. I would <laughs> love to be able to to look at the individual books or jump on DD Beyond and just have a filter drop down by mm-hmm. class. Mm-hmm. And then I because you can search for magic items for all sorts of, of different course. filters. And there are hundreds and awesome hundreds of hundreds. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's hundreds of them, but it'd be awesome to have a drop, a class drop down where you hit warlock and it's just like, these don't have to be warlock necessarily, but But they work really well with with, warlock based mechanics. Yeah, that would be so amazing like that. uh, Wizards, if you're listening, I know you are. (laughs) Hey, wizards, Uh, (laughs) you should. Yeah. Hey, wizards, adopt the system because that would be so stinking helpful. Yes, yes. So we we wanted this to be helpful and easy and give you also kind of the catalog experience. I mean, we we have done a lot of really interesting graphic design work with this book. And like, for each of our items, we're not relegating them to those like sad, you know, two column partial tiny spreads, like we are giving each item a full like, box with we're doing illustrations for every single magic item in this book every single magic item will have a piece of art and you see those class symbols there you see the description so as you're flipping through these items it feels like you're shopping right it's it's a catalog it's a luxurious shopping experience is what we're going for with with these items Plus, you know, I got to say, when you're marking with, you know, a, a few different classes, and if you do happen to have those classes in your in your uh, 
party, uh, it makes it more fun to just be like, here's something that like four people can use. Yeah. Figure it out. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's when you get the wheeling. Yeah. The wheeling Saying, and dealing. Hey, this armor for this. And yeah, I mean, you know, again, it just adds yet another level of, oh, okay. Unless, you know, you're like the, the party that I have, which is, no, you can use it. No, you can use it. No, oh. you can use it. <laughs> The too nice. The too nice party. Yeah, the too nice party. I'll just say that. They're they're a great party. Um, (laughs) one of the things I I was gonna gonna ask you because I'm I'm horrible about this. I custom make like seventy five percent of the items in my homebrew game just because I love I love designing and I love like making custom things for my players. The actual like official stuff has a few guidelines here and there, but there's not a whole lot of guidelines to making homebrew magic items other than look at another one and kind of copy <laughs> off. Do of it. It's sort of the same. Are you, yeah, it's kind of the same. Might be the same rarity. I don't know. You might have just made some silly overpowered thing. Uh, are you all going to have more in-depth like magic item creation stuff in this book? Yeah, so actually, is, is that kind of outside its room? Well, one of our stretch goals uh, is is the magic item generator stretch goal, which essentially, so if we hit that goal, uh, we are going to add a big expansion in that book, like right there in chapter one, like how to homebrew your own items. Like here are guidelines on like what makes an uncommon, you know, consumable what it is. And like, here's the ranges you should stay in when you're designing like a weapon at this rarity. So if we hit that stretch goal, we will absolutely have a beautiful kit of design suggestions for DMs who, because every once in a while, we all just have to sometimes just, you got to make your own magic item. But it would be nice to actually have some guidance so you don't make something that you're like, oh, no, this is fine. And then you see it in play and you're like, oh, no, what have I done? They're blowing up everything. And wow, I didn't realize it was so powerful. So if we hit that stretch goal, and I really hope we do, and we're we're, we're doing great right now. In almost terms halfway of, there. Almost halfway there. Um, we're doing great yeah. in terms of numbers. So the magic item generator will be that exact solution i will be taking all of my design wisdom and putting it right there on the page <laughs> for you all to use that yeah that's fantastic it, i made some weapons and yeah i shared them with ryan i'm like oh yeah look at this this is cool he's like oh that's definitely an artifact i'm like oh i have oh. it as rare i should probably swap it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something entirely different because <laughs> that, really, that is another good tip though yeah find oh. a dm find a dm friend Yes, that you sure. can bounce your homebrew stuff off of yes. before you throw it in your game <laughs> because it always helps to have a second opinion. Yes, yeah. Oh, so I shouldn't let them summon unlimited tornadoes for 10 hours? Interesting. Okay, <laughs> and that's that's something too like when so right there one of my things like in the promo like right now you do not have to back the kickstarter you can just go to the kickstarter page download the promo document which is like 20 pages that are going to be like in the book and i wanted to put my magic item pricing guidelines right in there so anyone can get them go get them for free you can start using them right now today but part of that was like the the exceptions like the magic item exceptions which is your quick rule of like what should like what makes this item so much rarer or why you should charge more for this item than other items and it's a list of things like can it make you fly 
Can it open a portal to anywhere else? Like, can it create unlimited resources? Those bullet points, which you can use in the step-by-step pricing guidelines, I feel like is already a great help for DMs who are homebrewing. It's like, oh, if my item could do any one of these things, it's probably much more powerful than I think it is. Are you telling me wing boots might be miscategorized? Oh, boy, don't even get me started. I think that's a direct quote in the book. I'm like, how dare? If you yeah. use like the Xanathar's pricing guidelines, your winged boots are going to be the same price as, uh, oh, the efficient quiver, which is a fanny pack for just arrows. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, you guys? <laughs> the, power, the power of flight is... Quite strong. It is extremely strong. I have an Aarakocra in one of my campaigns. Definitely causes uh, extra design. Yes. Design fun. Yes. When planning encounters Mm -hmm. and such uh, for flying creatures. uh, For sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's uh, I I really like that. That a lot. I love I love the fact that you do have a really good pricing breakdown. And like you said, you can just go to the Kickstarter page and download it. Yeah. Like it's there. So you don't have you, to pay anything. You can just starting, download it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're starting or you're just like, I have no idea how to economy, like it's a great starting guide because then you can go and start pricing stuff out. Or if people, your, your party are asking you, hey, can I buy this or that or the other? Then you can go use that guide to kind of figure out the pricing. And then you can go, okay, I don't have a really good economy going right now. Or Oh, I gave way too much money out uh, already. And, and you can kind of tweak things, but it really helps to have some sort of baseline uh, for your world or for your campaign. That way, it just makes it easier on you paperwork-wise yeah. <laughs> as as you go along. Yeah, it helps you be consistent too. I, I think, you know, if you're mm-hmm. ending your, your dungeons or your big, you know, story arcs, like you generally want to give about the same amount of treasure or slightly better each time, right? To give that experience of leveling. So it is really important to keep track of what you are giving out and and actually make meaningful choices with your with your treasure. Yeah. And on top of that, too, one of the things that um, I'm actually really excited for as well is chapter four, the hirelings and followers, but specifically the caring for creatures section. Because, I mean, first of all, putting gold sinks in is a good thing because, you know, it it does give your players a chance to spend some of that money. And and when you can give them, you know, fun, imaginative, make-believe pets and, you know, other characters to kind of interact with and and everything, I, I think it works really well and gives that money purpose. Now, the thing that I love in this is just from the preview guide, you've you know, shown uh, like training of different animals and, you know, uh, specific just plans for, you know, basically leveling them up along the way. And mm-hmm. that's really cool and exciting. Mm-hmm. I am really looking forward to digging into this, especially more of the magical mounts because that dragon chameleon is really cool. <laughs> Yes. So something I did want to dig in, uh, talking about mounts, I, I think we can all agree that mounts are a huge headache currently in, in 5e. You get punished so hard if you want to like buy a horse and bring it anywhere in the world because there's fireballs exploding all of your pets, everything you love constantly. You know, you can't take the horse into the dungeon, you leave it outside, it gets eaten by a bugbear. It's just, it's a whole... 
It's a whole mess. So one of the things I really wanted to do in this book is actually make mounts and pets viable at all levels of play. And like you said, having these resource options like, hey, like, why why can't you, you know, pay somebody to look after all this collection of magical mounts you have? Like, you can totally do that. So we've provided like stabling fees. Like, if you do want to own a griffin ranch that, you know, you visit in between adventures, like we give you pricing so that you can have your griffin safe in a world, you know, doing doing that whole thing, that business running without you that you can keep coming back to. So really providing or when options. Bob the Griffin dies, you right. can go back and get yeah, you his can get another Griffin, you know, or from the, from the Griffin Ranch. Yeah. yeah, and so like uh, all of the mounts in this, and and yeah, the training, like you can train them so like they might get a reaction, so they don't auto die in a fireball uh, that comes your way, or you know they can survive in particular situations. So. It, it really is. It's So it's taking what's already there because we already have mounts in the game and then just making it easier and less painful is, is one of my big goals with that chapter in particular. Now, it, will this come with combat rules as well? So I, there, you, like as you can extra see... Extra combat rules for mm, mounts? Yeah. So, I mean, the the tricks and like training that you can do for your mounts, you can totally... If you spend gold and time with your mounts, you can train them up to be more combat ready or more combat viable. For the magical mounts in particular, we are providing individual stat blocks that do basically, you know, they work right in combat. You can drop them in there. But otherwise, we're giving resources basically so like you won't be punished if you happen to stumble into combat with this. You know, so your your hirelings don't just auto die because you made a mistake or you rolled poorly on a trap or you know, taking the punishment <laughs> out of that out of that uh, interaction. Yeah, well, you know, we're just going to send Timmy ahead to, to check every hallway first, just see what and then happens. It's like, oh no, or like you have, you know, your druid who just who just loves bunnies, and you know, they have all these woodland friends, and then oh my god, like something goes wrong, and they all die. How sad is that? No, we we need we yeah. need to help our friends. We need to help our forest friends. <laughs> Reminds me of of uh, uh, what was was it uh, Sprinkle. The ferret from the second oh, campaign of oh Curtain no. Roll. It's oh just no. kind of always there in the background and has to have constant plot armor. Yep. It's just like, oh, we're underwater. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, right. Sprinkle had underwater breathing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody would have died in that. Uh, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get some rules to actually, like, help, <laughs> I think, in that situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I made the mistake of you know, a dragon's breath killing a beloved horse. Yeah, I right. I will always yep. regret that. I feel bad, but it yep. had to happen because it had 10 hit points. Yeah, and so, and there's currently, yeah. there's nothing. There's there's no good reason to bring pets, mounts, friends with you on your adventures because it's just such a nightmare. So this, in Rewards and Rarities, we give you tips, tricks, solutions, mechanics, and items to solve that problem. So you can walk around with your friends and your beloved furry creatures. Really looking forward to that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, ben, I was, I, was just, I was just thinking the whole time, yep, yeah, Ben's going to use, use yeah. that one. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. Oh, definitely. His players, his players love love the pets. Yes. The pets yes. And, the mounts. <laughs> yeah. and also, that's a great um, way to again, like putting investing some of your gold and treasure into training mm-hmm. your pets. Like, what a great way to make gold matter again. Yeah, extra gold sink, and it's not just gold sink; it's time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have this downtime, so I'm gonna invest the time into training this mount yeah instead of exactly. doing xyz and then you get something out of it at the end yeah that's pretty cool yeah. um i was kind of like racking my brain for uh more treasure things one of the things i wanted to ask you about what is your one of the th- one of the items and i have talked about this before one of the item types i absolutely love is items that grow with the character mm, yeah ones that like like evolving items essentially yeah. uh are you are you all gonna include anything like that or those types of items that you have used before or like to use just to like i don't know solidify an item as a, a very special thing that will grow as the character grows yeah so we are definitely including a selection of items like that that scale uh, as you level, I think the the precedent has been set in you know the the critical role book that came out. They had a bunch of these really cool scaling items, and like the the Theros book as well had like certain you know godly items. Like as you earned respect from your god, the item got more powerful. So mm-hmm. I think the precedent is there, and everybody loves these types of items. So we absolutely want to pick up that thread there and introduce things like that themed for each of the classes. So you are definitely going to see items like that included in this book. Uh, So if you want to give your player something really special that grows with them, a truly meaningful item, we are going to have some options in here for you. That's awesome. Uh, Do you find, uh, because for those that don't know, uh, Celeste DMs the Venture Maiden podcast uh and this is a you've you've done the whole one to 20 thing oh yes like this is, so you <laughs> you've you've got the the full campaign experience um is, are these are these guidelines that you're putting in the book is this just stuff you've used in your just in your own campaign just from like an economy perspective or the things the different things you offer your players yeah, I feel like this this book has been so easy to write because I feel like all of us playing in 5th edition have been coming up with these solutions and answers and like dealing with these questions for years and years now. So a lot of what is going in this book is wisdom that I've had to glean, answers that I have had to come up with out of necessity over, you know, six years now, almost of fifth edition being out. Uh, So it is a lot of that things I have learned the hard way that now I'm putting in this book and just like, please don't struggle. Like, I've already done it for you. Here is this wisdom. Or it is looking at those those gaps, those questions that are still unanswered and challenging those and looking like, okay, well, this still doesn't really have a great solution. So let's get it. Let's get a solution. Like that's something like in the vehicles chapter, it's like, man, how do we make running vehicles not a total pain? <laughs> like, how do we make this actually fun, engaging? Uh, yeah, let's look at the problem with mounts. How do we fix mm-hmm. that? It's... So a lot of it is the combination of, yes, gained wisdom, and then also like looking back at that experience and the pain points that have 
come up and providing solutions. So I feel like this book is a really necessary uh, book, a really necessary product, which is making it a breeze, I think, to to write. Because every time, every problem, every chapter, it's it's doing something directly helpful that that impacts and solves problems that have come up in the past. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why, you know, when I started looking at it, I'm like, oh, no, I need that. I need that. And, <laughs> yeah. Yes, good. <laughs> well, I think I think that really speaks to to you as a designer and just DMs in general that that homebrew stuff, because a lot of these these books uh, just come out of that necessity for something that just doesn't exist right 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 now where you where you're dming a a module or dming a homebrew campaign and you go wait a second i'm gonna have to do a lot of work to set this up (laughs) and then you have to you know make a whole system for something or other and it's just like oh you just found a uh, a niche or a design blind spot yeah in in the yeah. system itself uh and then you you kind of go fill it so it's it's really awesome to see a book like this because this does fill a, a very known <laughs> blind spots yeah within within the fifth edition uh area that really have not been covered very much officially or really even unofficially other than you, there's some there's some great dm's guild supplements that might cover one piece or another, one or but two there, pieces, yeah, yeah, there's, but... there's not been a, like a comprehensive uh, economy mm-hmm. almost piece yeah. uh, done before. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's totally the reasoning behind this book. It, people keep asking like, oh, why would you do another book of magic items? There are so many books of magic items out there. And it's like, that is true. Third party publishers are all dropping magic item books like, like hotcakes. I get it. That is not what this book is. This is totally a a guide to like solving the problems that exist with treasure because we all want treasure and we all want to give out treasure. We want to get rewarded for doing a good job, but there's just not quite enough to make it to make it easy. How? How? Like yeah. how much should I give? When should I give it? What kinds of things? Like do I just have to do this? Isn't there more? Come on. Uh so expanding that frontier and putting it all in one helpful place. So you know, when you get to that end part of planning your adventure and you are planning like what they're going to find, you can just open one book. And have all of the options and the guidance and all good suggestions in one place. All right. My players just killed a zombie horde and a (laughs) a lich in a frozen cavern. Mm -hmm. What sort of magic items am I going to (laughs) find? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's super awesome. Um, So... Uh, we know that uh, it just just for a heads up for everybody who's listening, uh, as of the release date of this, there'll be probably about 20 days left on the Kickstarter if you want to jump in and get it. Uh, but Celeste, what kind of, I guess, tips and tricks would you give maybe new DMs in the meantime who are going, that sounds really cool. It's not out yet. I'm running a game now. Oh, no. <laughs> What do I do? What 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 would you tell them? Um, just maybe general guidelines as to like 
what kind of treasure should I give? Like, how, how much should I give? Uh, I'm having trouble trying to, to figure it out. How can I work within the current system while I'm waiting for this new stuff? Yeah, I would say start with things that you know are not going to be a long-term investment. So that means start with like, if you're not sure whether or not it's the right time to give a permanent magic item, give potions. Uh, you know, if you, if you are not sure, like if it's a good idea to have this wizard following around at the beck and call of your party, make it a short-term contract, like build in things that will have a definite end so you can test them and you can, you can try the waters. And as long as you set up the expectation, like this is temporary or like you're going to run out of these potions or as long as those expectations are clear, your party is going to be totally fine with it. And I will say also make sure, do yourself a favor, give your players somewhere in the world that they can spend gold or get items, whether this is like a traveling, you know, magical merchant who shows up every, you know, three or five sessions, uh, whether this is like the one weird curiosity store in your like hometown area that they can travel back to, give yourself some avenue. So if there's ever like one magic item you, you need to put in the game or one of your players really wants something specific, if you already have that established place to go, that will be incredibly meaningful and make your job so much easier. And I mean, when in doubt, three, again, just communicate. Ask your players like, hey, what what do you feel like you should get as a reward for this? Or what kind of things are you interested in? Uh, what does your character need? So... Just be open, communicate, make sure you have a way for them to spend that gold back and forth, and don't dive in to the the big, permanent, super fancy, rare items. If you're not sure, start small. A, a potion of healing, you know, at level two saves your life. Like, it is okay to give that instead of, you know, a vorpal sword of banana pants magoo, like... It's going to be okay. They will love the magic, the the healing potions, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you you really uh hit that one well because um one of the things I I like to do with my players especially when you know they're going to be in an area where they can be shopping is I say, "What do you want?" Yeah. Like, "What do you want?" And Give me, give me a uh, three to five items. Go, go search the internet. Go search D and D Beyond. Mm -hmm. uh, go find some stuff, and then yeah, I'll tell you if that's available. Yeah, like especially some of the common, uncommon, rare type things. They're probably a little more well known. Like yeah, you, you could that adamantite armor is is well known. Uh, a sword that's a little bit stronger is <laughs> is well known like a bag of holding that is well known and so just like you said communication is just such a such a big thing and if you're homebrewing an item too you can really go into that as well and say hey i made this thing for you i don't know if it's balanced so <laughs> we may need to tweak it yeah. up or down yeah as, but as let's go, try this. But let's try yeah. it. Exactly, exactly. And your There's... players are going to be so fine with that yeah. and going along because they want a balanced game experience too. They may not say or they may not know that <laughs> they want it, but they do. At the end of the day, they really want to feel like they are earning their rewards. <laughs> so yeah. 
it'll it's not it'll fun all when everything out. is too easy. It's not fun when everything is too easy. You're totally right. And honestly, your players know better than anyone what their characters need. So if you do have a player who just, you know, they would be awesome, but they just roll so terribly time after time after time. If that player can come to you and say, hey, is there any way I could get a magic item that maybe like would increase my crit rate or like something? They they can tell you that. So just be open, uh, open up the conversation early, make make it known that your players can totally talk to you outside of game or, you know, break the fourth wall to talk to you about this. Uh, the sooner you open up that conversation, the easier these conversations will be. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's one of the ways that I found out that one of my players thought that uh, she was really low on intelligence and needed that more when we kind of talked over it. And it uh, turns out that she doesn't use that stat for barely anything. And, you know, I kind of just, uh, you know, went over the idea that, well, 10 is like average person. Yeah. And you're already at like a 12. You're probably good. And Oh, oh, okay. And, you know, then because of that, we started looking at different types of items that would actually accentuate um, her actually gameplay style. Yeah, and everything. It worked exactly. out really well. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a sorcerer. She was really squishy and I, you know, created some padded silk for her and gave her a, you know, one AC, just, you know, another little bump up. And I mean, it just tiny little discussions can help you create the smallest of items that, you know, will help here and there. Yeah, I think there's there's still this feeling of that that fear over like crossing a line, like whatever the DM does is strange and mysterious, and I should know <laughs> nothing of this. Uh, you know, there, there's still that, and a lot of players, particularly new players who aren't used to playing D and D, are going to be in that space where they're like, "Can I talk about the rules? Can I like talk about the mechanics? Like, do is that okay?" Yes, absolutely. And magic items, treasure, rewards are the perfect way to open up that conversation exactly. and to make it clear that like, hey, yeah, like a big part of this game is also the mechanics. So we should be able to sit down, play a game in character or talk out of character about mechanics. It's all good. It's all part of the experience. So... Uh, I know we're we're starting to wind down our, our treasure discussion a little bit, but there's one more uh, piece that we haven't talked about yet that I really want to touch on, and that is cursed items. Oh yes. And 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 so I wanted to first off, I I I very much assume that uh, the book will have cursed items. We will have some cursed I, items. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about what is your philosophy when it comes to cursed items because cursed items can be uh very interesting but they can also be a a source spot or uh the source of some some friction depending on how they are used or how they're implemented so what is what's kind of your philosophy when dealing with cursed items from a storytelling perspective yeah i i think this is a great a great conversation because currently it is a bit of a question mark. It's uncertain when a character gets a cursed item, whether they know it's cursed or like the exact getting around it and the role of remove curse. It's it's all a little bit nebulous. And I find in general, people take that to the worst way possible. So when you introduce cursed items, people end up getting stuck with these 
terrible situations their character never really would have gotten into and they get penalized and it's it's a huge mess. So I I hate that. Anything that rids players of their their agency in any way I think is is garbage. I think it's trash. So for my cursed items when I design them, I always make it very clear that the player has to the character has to opt in to the curse of this item. So it's like usually it's an item that has a great benefit but they know while they're getting that benefit, something else is being taken away. That's always how I like to do it. And then that way it it has to be the character choosing that, yes, I know it is cursed, but because it's so good or I'm compelled by this reason, that's why you accept the curse. So it's that double-edged sword. Um, so I, and I like to make that very, very clear with all my cursed items and recommend that all GMs do that. Or if you are doing like surprise cursed item, it has to be an effect that is temporary, that isn't going to rob the character of agency or it's like, you know, for seven days, like you, you, your teeth just rot and like stink. And then it goes, it goes <laughs> back to normal after a while, like Things like that. Anything that like changes a person's personality or like, you know, it's a forever thing. You should not be using cursed items in that way in your game. If it is going to be a secret trick, it has to be something minor. It has to be something um, that can be very easily overcome. Otherwise, if you are doing big curse items, make sure there's that exchange. Make it known. And you know what? I promise you, your players will still go for it. Anyway, so don't be afraid that they won't interact with cursed items because if you offer, if you make that offer really, really sweet, uh, <laughs> you you will be shocked how many times <laughs> your players will say yes to a curse uh, for for a benefit. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because that is that's hugely important, and that's just I think another example of uh, those player check ins. Yeah. Like if, if something, if a, if a player picks up something like that, or if uh, it's maybe a curse that is progressive mm -hmm. uh, and it's progressively adding stuff, but also progressively potentially adding more detriments of some sort, it's really good to check in with your players and go, okay, this might be getting worse. You've still got it. Is this okay? Or yeah. it may do X, Y, or Z is this okay with your character and with you? Because if not, story does not trump fun. Yeah, exactly. Like if the person is not having fun because of a certain thing, even if it's story or whatever, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, plus, what about you, what about you, you control, Ben? You control the story, so you can turn it into something more fun. Yeah. yeah. Hands yeah. down. Yeah. 100%. There you go. Have you have you ever used a cursed item, Ben? Uh, I am currently not at liberty to say. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds like a yes. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> I think, players listen to this show. So <laughs> I think one of, so one of the fun things we did for the Venture Bands campaign guide, which is actually going to be like coming out soon for general sale. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, we did a bunch of fairy-made <laughs> items, and all of those items are, they're basically cursed items. It's its that fairy magic where, like, they're very potent items, 
with a side effect that comes with it. And it's that constant trade-off between, oh, man. So one of the items that we're going to be putting in rewards and rarities is a sword that basically it does grow with you. Like we were talking before, like as you perform more of these heroic deeds, the sword gets more and more powerful. But of course, also the curse attached to it is like, the fae who made this sword is incredibly jealous. And if you use any other weapon, if you even look at another weapon, uh, the sword will will betray you. So, you know, that that sort of trade-off. And that's so much more fun oh, and opens cool. the door for role-playing. And it's it's a it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm that's that's why I wanted to ask. I'm really glad you you mentioned that because the Curse items can be incredibly fun and incredibly interesting, but it's also very easy to use them in a detrimental yeah, or very irresponsible way. way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's really good. So that's that's why I kind of wanted to to touch on the cursed cursed item stuff. But I'm I'm excited to hear that there are going to be some like that in uh, in the book as well. Um, I'm, it's they're fun they're fun to use every once in a while like you, like you said it's it's the it's the temptation right mm-hmm. it's it's the temptation that many many dms do where it's just like well you could run or you know it looks like there might be a lot of treasure in in yeah. there or it's, it's like the fun of the, <laughs> it's your the choice, raven. though <laughs> yeah like the raven loft the dark, the dark the powers carrot, yeah. right you know that's the like oh like am i willing to give another piece of my soul so that i can see in the darkness yeah yeah man uh when you get them to yeah. say yes that <laughs> that is a truly successful cursed item <laughs> you, you open the door 100 percent. oh my gosh uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Celeste, for coming on. Uh, I am, if if you weren't able to tell, we are super excited. Oh, thank you so much for having but, me. Yeah, I but I appreciate all the other uh, tips and tricks and all the other just chat about the designing um, and managing economy because <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It is. The, it is. The GMs have to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, so let, us help. let us help. Let us help. Don't yeah. do it alone. Yeah, any tools that can be made to, to ease that process are, are really good things. Um, so we wanted to give you a second to promote yourself slash promote anything uh, you're doing. Apparently you're doing a book. Yeah, you know, if, uh, <laughs> you, if know. you just skipped straight oh, yeah. to this exact section. <laughs> Uh, Celeste is currently designing a book. Uh, so if you want to shout out uh, your stuff and anything you're currently working on, even besides that, you mentioned your Venture Maidens uh, campaign book is coming soon as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, once again, my name is Celeste Konowich. Uh, the best way to keep up with all of the things I'm writing, designing, streaming, and such is to follow me on Twitter at C Konowich. Otherwise, if you want to see the full catalog of everything, so full schedule of podcasts and streams and everything I've published, you can go to my website, CelesteKonowich.com. And just see it all there in one one nice shiny place. Uh, like we've mentioned a bunch, rewards and rarities live right now on Kickstarter. Uh, basically, all of our stretch goals for this project are either like design expansions or art expansions. So the more people who back, the better the book gets. Like there's 
it's just go it all directly goes into making this a more beautiful more useful more functional book so i would love if you headed over to kickstarter typed in rewards and rarities or 2c gaming you'll be able to find us there uh in terms of other stuff yeah if you want to see me put all of this stuff i've been saying into practice uh definitely check out venture maidens uh we stream every wednesday on twitch and then we upload those episodes as nice edited podcast versions alternating sundays so yeah check out venture maidens we just started campaign two uh so after six years we wrapped up campaign one and are now on a new shiny campaign it's all very fairy themed and very strange and dangerous and whimsical so it's the perfect time to jump in so find venture maidens if you type it into google yeah anywhere podcasts are free uh which is everywhere check it out that would be awesome thank you both again so much for having me on the show i love always getting a chance to you know talk talk treasure D. it's always a good time That's awesome. Uh, yeah, everyone go check out those links. Of course, uh, dndiscussions.com. We will have all of those links in the show notes uh, for easy access. Uh, but as always, before we head out, uh, we usually talk like to talk a little bit about what's going on in our games. And uh, Celeste, that might even give you an opportunity to talk just a little bit about uh, what's currently going on in Venture Maidens oh, yeah. right now and maybe tease people and make <laughs> get them get them interested oh i gotta find out more uh do you have um any any cool stories from like your last session or uh anything anything big that you kind of want to share that was really cool yeah so our players it has been a, a tangled web of our players basically stepping into the fey wild and the society that exists there so they have recently they've succeeded gotten there gotten into a a town in the heart of the wilds called coven which is run by a bunch of witches um so they are there they've made it they just got their first bounty hunting job uh so they went and found a dangerous fey criminal and had a very fun experience with some shape shifting and some confusion but it was all good it all turned out in the end um but what's really super fun i'm really excited next episode it's actually we're focusing in on just one of our characters and the others are going to be playing some of the new fey stat blocks from the venture maidens campaign guide so we're going they get a chance to actually cool. be fairies and run with these stat blocks so i think that's going to be a, a disaster a fun disaster so i'm really <laughs> looking forward to all the chaos um oh, of, so uh, yeah so fairy stuff. magic it's gonna be so chaotic i can't wait <laughs> that's, that's super unique i love i love that idea of basically the rest of the characters becoming what like npcs yeah yeah uh, so it's like here's that as, monster as stab in. block hand that over because we we needed to focus in on one character so but i didn't want to just you know have the other players not join us so they're going to be yeah running the stat blocks to as little allies to help along the way that's super cool i love that um ben what about you i i, I know that, more sadness thing um <laughs> We are finally in the new apartments, as we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, I am not going to be able to run it this Saturday because we have so much to do here. Um, But we are planning for either 
the Saturday after Thanksgiving or the week after for our next session, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah. Other than that, check out plus five to hit. Cause what we recorded last night was amazing. And uh, you'll <laughs> hear that in like a month or something. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. we release. All I know is when we play and oh man. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a new episode coming out coming out pretty soon. Also, to Celeste's point, Wizards, Feywild Sourcebook win. When like, we got we got <laughs> Wild Beyond the Witchlight, but I wanted I want to see like mm-hmm. we were we were talking about this uh, a few months ago. I want to see the I want the source book. <laughs> give me give me the Feywild setting book. It's the whole thing. That'd be so nice. That would be. Oh, um, so nice. What about you, Ryan? Have you been able to play? Yes. So uh, my Friday night group met last week and they had been working on this uh, temple infiltration to help this race of uh, snake people called the Cobran basically take their temple back from a marauding group of gnolls who had taken it over and taken residence. And so I had them do the the kind of like half an initiative half out as they kind of scaled through this giant battle map and basically turned combat into skill checks. And they did really well for like the first two thirds and then they screwed up and it turned into actual combat. Oh boy. <laughs> but the, it was at the very end. So they were able to, to take the gnolls out. Uh, it was really cool. They infiltrated the temple. They freed some prisoners. Uh, they stopped a ritual that was going on as they were trying to sacrifice these things. This giant black knoll was leading them all. Uh, and midway through the fight turned into a black dragon. Whoa. Uh, who was actually, Whoa. T- who was actually controlling all these knolls. Um, and, and the knolls didn't know about it either. So as soon as that happened, the knolls freaked out and started running away and the party freaked out and, there was the whole thing where one of the Cobrans was basically casting or praying divine intervention. And I was having the players roll for it every round. Uh, and it got every round, it got easier and easier uh, that summoned basically this giant three headed snake statue, brought it to life and helped fight the, cause it was a young black dragon. It got one breath weapon off yeah. and almost, <laughs> almost killed uh, one of my players, but we have a circle of the moon druid who just has HP for days, days and days and days. <laughs> they can turn into some really interesting things that have lots of health, uh, even at level three. And so uh, it, uh, it did some damage, but it got away vowed revenge. So I'm very excited. Dragons are fun. Uh, to play with everyone should use more dragons uh and so yeah they uh they haven't broken in uh to check out the horde yet but some interesting interesting stuff in there i can say that because we'll have already run the session by the time this comes out <laughs> uh but yeah i'm i'm having a lot of fun with that one uh it was a it was a really fun session i get to play drag it's always fun when i get to play dragons dragons are awesome all so right you're, you're oh, saying those followers ahead. didn't know that it was a oh my gosh oh no no we made it so long in this episode yeah. without that <laughs> right, at, right at the very end come on oh my gosh but i had i had to self-sabotage somehow it, it's just how it works yeah well thanks celeste for for sticking through to the null joke no good yes <laughs> it's been so so great having having you on uh and chatting uh all the different stuff um 
But that about wraps things up for this episode. Ben, why don't you send us out and tell everybody where we can be reached? Definitely. Um, well, if you have any questions, comments, want to tell us about some of the loot that you've created, or just want to send a, a nice long email for, you know, the hell of it, uh, you can always send those to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, now, if you're looking for something uh, faster and succinct, you can find us on Twitter. We are at dndiscussions. Uh, now, Ryan and I both have access to that, but if you want to tell him something, because you're like, eh, forget that Ben guy, you can always tweet at him. He is at TBKZord, and vice versa. If you're like, forget that Ryan guy, I am at Ben Bumhofer. Uh, now, if you're wondering why we think that we are able to talk about Dungeons & Dragons, well, guess what? We can kind of back that up a little bit because we do play plus five to hit. It is a uh, persistent campaign. We're going through Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. You can check that out, plus five to hit. And uh, like I said, a lot of fun. We do some really cool stuff there. Now, if this is the first episode of d Discussions that you ever listened to, guess what? There are plenty of others. Uh, check that out at dndiscussions.com or on your podcast player of choice. And while you're at, while you're there, while you're at it, whatever, I don't know. Leave us a review. Leave us a, you know, five stars is great. Four stars, not as good. One star. Eh, if you don't like us, be honest. We're cool. Um, but yeah everything's there awesome well thank you everybody uh and we are looking forward to seeing you again soon until then see you next time and be good to each other and goodbye hey everybody just to let you know uh, we are going to be taking a week off so uh, look for the next episode of d discussions on December 6th. Uh, it is going to be, you know, getting into the holiday season at the end of November here. And Ryan and I decided, hey, family's important. So we're going to spend it with them. Thank you. And be good to each other. <laughs>